do it afraid. Everything amazing and beautiful in this life, at least in my experience, has been on the other side of fear. And I don't know of a way to remove fear, but I've learned how to work through that fear and I've seen the beauty that lies on the other side. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 132 of the Assyrian Podcast and the last episode of 2020. This is Steve, and it feels so good to be back with you. It's been way too long. What a year it has been with so much randomness and challenges, but one thing you could count on was the Assyrian Podcast coming through with new episodes every week. Every year around this time, we shut down the podcast for a couple of months. It gives the team some time to rest, reflect, and plan for future interviews. I want to thank the Assyrian Podcast team for being so consistent, for producing awesome episodes each week, even during a pandemic. With that being said, I am so, so, so excited about today's episode because I believe what we're talking about in today's episode is truly life-changing. Have you ever ran into someone who you hadn't seen for a while and when you started talking to them, you quickly realized that nothing had really changed? Uh, they were literally talking about the same relationship issues, the same political frustrations, the same lack of enthusiasm around their job, their same uh, family frustrations. I see it happen all the time. I've changed, I've transformed, and yet others are still living in the past or not making much progress on their one and only life. Hence, today's guest is a life coach. Dante Roche has organized and transformed her life so that she could help others hit their personal goals. On Dante's website, it says, my goal is to help you become the best version of yourself. Through coaching, you can learn new ways to find your passion, overcome your fears, gain confidence, and transform your life. I think a lot of people look past life coaching as something that can be a benefit, but it's actually one of the greatest investments in yourself that you can make. In this interview, you'll learn some practical tips and strategies that uh, Dante will provide to us, and you'll also get to meet such an awesome and caring person. If you feel stuck, if you feel like there's areas of your life you want to improve with your job, with your relationships, with your family, with your friends, with your interior life, whatever it might be, call Dante for a life-changing conversation and enjoy this interview as we get to know her. If you know someone who should be on the Assyrian podcast, always feel free to reach out to us. And if there is someone that you would like to interview, let us know. We'd love to work with you and bring that person on for an interview. Support for this week's episode of the Assyrian podcast is brought to you by Tony Caligaracos and the injury lawyers of Illinois and New York. If you know anybody who's been in a serious accident, please reach out to Tony Caligaracos. Tony has been recognized as a top 40 lawyer and a rising star by Super Lawyers Publication and has obtained multiple multi-million dollar awards. Tony can be reached at injuryrights.com or 
1-6. And now, here is Dante Roche. Dante, thank you so much for being on the Assyrian podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I want to begin with your background, and your name is Dante. That's not a typical Assyrian name. Can you tell us <laughs> about that? Sure, yeah. It's not a typical female name in general. I think I've never met another woman with a name, but uh, I have a brother who's three years older. When my mom was pregnant with him, uh, she was taking Lama's classes. You know how popular those were back in the day. And uh -huh. a, woman in, <laughs> a woman in that class um, was having a daughter and she was naming her Dante. And I guess she found the name from a book. A woman in the book was named Dante. And I actually don't even know what book that is. I should probably look that up. But um, so my mom held on to that gem for three years until she had me. And lucky for me, now I am like one of the like five female Dantes and the only Assyrian Dante, I'm sure in the world. So I, I used to hate it as a kid because it was very unique and a lot of people assumed I was a guy. I still get lots of emails that are like, Mr. Rush, Mr. Rush. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I'm older, I appreciate the uniqueness of it. So your family, you are Assyrian, right? Yes. So I'm half Assyrian. My dad is Assyrian. He grew up in Iran and came to the U.S. in his late 20s. And my mom is uh, white. She's just like your average, you know, Northern European mix. Um, but yes, yeah, so I kind of have this, this half and half that's been interesting to navigate both worlds, but I feel, uh, lucky to have, have the history of being a Syrian and the culture that comes with that. It's a beautiful culture. I'm proud to be a Syrian. Yeah. And can you tell me how your family ended up in Visalia? And for those of you that don't know, Visalia is a small town in the, in Central Valley, California. Most Assyrians are in Turlock or they're in Modesto. How did you all end up in Visalia? Yeah, it's a very interesting story. It's actually an Assyrian love story that brought us here. So it's a cute story. My older brother was living in San Jose at the time. And through family friends met this uh, woman and long story short, they started dating convention kind of sealed the deal of <laughs> the official Assyrian love story. Um, and so her family was from Visalia. They own a jewelry store here called the Sheree Jewelers. And my brother, it was like kind of at the downturn of the economy. And it's just a much cheaper cost of living here in Visalia. So my brother and his um, they got ended up getting married. So my brother and his wife moved to Visalia. My brother started working at the jewelry store. He still does. And um, then my parent, I, I was living down south at the time. My other brother was living down south. I have two even younger siblings as well. They were up north with my parents who were living in Santa Rosa at the time, which is near San Francisco. And again, with the cost of living and, you know, all my most of my parents' kids were down south. They're like, we should move to Visalia. It's very central. So it's in between San Francisco and L.A. Um, so, yeah, they ended up selling their house, moving to Visalia. And I think a year later, I was like, well, shoot, if everyone's doing it, I guess I'll move to Visalia as well. So I've been here about 10 years, um, though I will be moving to L.A. next week. But, um, you know, the Assyrian culture is like being close to family and I'm very, very close with my family. So it's been amazing that like literally everyone except my grandparents who recently moved my most of my immediate family is all here in Visalia. So that's been a, a huge blessing. 
Very cool. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. too many Assyrians in Visalia. Now I know there's an Assyrian jewelry store there. There's an Assyrian jewelry store, and then there's our family, and I, I think that's it. I'm, hap I'm happy to be corrected, but I believe it's just us, our two families. Wonderful. And I'm excited about having you on the show because you are an Assyrian, and you're doing a field that I, I don't know too many Assyrians that are life coaches. And I was looking at your background. You've run a lot of businesses. You've done a lot of administrative work. It's obvious like you could run your own company and you've run companies for other people. But now all of a sudden you're running your own company as a coach. Um, I'd love to hear how that happened. Sure. So I have to go back a little bit to start the story. So growing up, my mom was obsessed with Oprah. She'd watch it every day. And a lot of times I would end up watching with her. And one day Oprah had her life coach on her show. And this was, I was probably like 12 or 13. So it's like 20 years ago. And she had her life coach on at the time. And I had never heard the term life coach or knew what that even was. And just Oprah talked about like, what having a life coach did for her and we ended up buying this coach's book and my mom and I and we both read it and basically her book her name is Martha Beck and she talked about um, how being a life coach she basically helped other people figure out what their passion was like what their direction in life should be or could be um, and so her her book was kind of like short stories of how she got clients from like point A to point B, like feeling lost and without direction to, you know, clarity about what they wanted for their future. And it was so, I was just one of those kids. I was never one of those kids that knew what they wanted to do when they grew up and actually pr created a lot of like anxiety for me because I'm a very goal oriented person, but I just never had clear direction about my future in terms of like, okay, well, what should I major in? What should I you know, what kind of job should I get after college? I just never knew and created a lot of stress for me. So I just was like, wow, you can actually help people figure it out. That's pretty cool. So ever since then, I, I've just been kind of low-key obsessed with like self-development information. Mm -hmm. And as a family growing up, um, you know, my dad would listen to like KQD and watch documentaries. And we'd talk about Dave Ramsey and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. These are, you know, we, we just have discussions around the table about these kinds of things over dinner. And um, so I just always kind of sought out that information about, okay, there has to be like answers about what you should do with your life. And I took several like career exploration classes in college to try and figure it out. Um, and I think deep down, I knew I always wanted to be a coach. I just felt like I needed more life experience and I let a lot of fear get in the way as well. So I ended up after college, just doing the thing that most people do is just getting a corporate job to, you know, pay the bills and started working my way up in that company. I was there five years and was extremely unhappy and unfulfilled and it started affecting every aspect of my life. I allowed it to affect every aspect of my life. And I thought um, one of the things I learned in my career exploration class is if you're interested in a specific field or career, one of the best ways to learn about it is to go ask somebody who has that job or career what it's like. So I was on my LinkedIn like, okay, let me look at coaching. I thought maybe being a professional organizer would be cool. So I found a life coach. We had like one mutual friend and I added her and a lot of coaches, including myself, they offer like a free 30 minute, 60 minute session to, for you to just get a feel of 
who they are and they want to know what you're looking for to see if you guys would be a good match. And so we did that and I was hooked. I basically went to her because I was so unhappy at work. I'm like, I need out. I need out ASAP. And she asked me like really good pointed questions. Okay, well, what are you going to do? Do you have a plan? Do you have, and I was like, no, I just need out. And she was like, okay, well, maybe there's some things we can do ahead of time to make sure you're prepared to make that decision. And so we worked together, I believe over a year before I actually ended up quitting that job. And I didn't have another job. I ended up backpacking through Europe for a few weeks and came home for a couple months until I found some other jobs. And the next job that I found actually, I picked. And the job I left, I should mention, was like nearly six-figure job. And I only say that because I definitely had people tell me, especially a lot of the Assyrians in my life, that I was crazy for turning down that kind of money. And I ended up finding another job when I came back from my backpacking trip that paid me about half, but I always said it made me twice as happy. And it was more aligned with ultimately what I knew would take me to a coaching career, even if I didn't know that on a conscious level and subconscious level, I was building those skills. I was in charge of a leadership program where I helped people one-on-one achieve their professional goals. And that was really rewarding. So I knew I wanted to do more of that. And then fast forward again, I ended up leaving that job, kind of outgrew it. And this time I sold my house, most of my things. This was December of 2019. And January 1, I was in Bali and I spent six months traveling through Southeast Asia and uh, had a goal to travel most of 2020. But obviously COVID had other plans for me. So I had to put Uh, I chose to put my fears aside and move forward with coaching um, since, you know, I I wasn't going to be traveling. And uh, so, yeah, I just started this coaching business and that's, that's where I am today. (laughs) You know, there's a few things you said that caught my ear and of course it always goes back to Oprah Winfrey and and people that don't know Oprah Winfrey pretty much started a self-help empire. Mm -hmm. Um, She now has her own, uh, station her own TV like mm-hmm. network and yeah. and it's it's amazing that even you at that young age are now are reading books about how to improve yourself and yeah. uh, that's wild like most of us don't even start thinking in that direction until we're 24 or 25 or 30 or whatever we hit a hard part in our life and then we start saying hey you know maybe we we should rethink how we're doing things. The other thing I heard you say that stuck out to me is the amount of people who are currently leaving lucrative, high-paying jobs yeah. because they want their time back. Mm-hmm. They want their own life back. And it's interesting how how important coaching is in that arena because – if you get a job just to make money, but it doesn't do anything for your own sanity, health, you f- quickly will find like it's not worth it. Absolutely. Right. People could be paying you millions of dollars, but you're concerned about, I don't want to be giving all my time, which is worth more than those millions. Mm-hmm. That's definitely been true for me. Like I said, I. I spent every you know day at that in fi- at those five years I was at that company just trying to get to the next step. You know, I got like several promotions. I got my master's degree. Like, I was, I was very determined to grow in that company. And I woke up one day and I was like, "Why am I doing this? I don't even 
it's, I was a nonprofit healthcare company. I don't have an interest in healthcare. I was doing human resources. I did not have an interest in human resources. I felt like it went, it was like the antithesis of everything that I was, if that makes sense. Like I wanted to, I knew I wanted to encourage and inspire and motivate and empower people. And I felt in human resources, I was doing the exact opposite. It was just having, and in some companies, that's not the case. But the company I was working for, it was very like, you're here because you're in trouble or, you know, and so it just was not aligned with who I was. And it didn't matter how much money I was going to get paid there. You know, I was on track to become C-suite level there. And um, it didn't matter. Like that didn't matter to me because I was so unhappy. And the money, I, I definitely was like, because of the money, I could literally like blink my eyes, open my eyes, and I could see myself here another five years because of the money. But is that the life that I want? You know, absolutely not. It wasn't. And it was definitely one of the scariest <clears throat> decisions I've ever made. And um, if it wasn't for the coach that I had, I, I don't think I would have done it. And definitely not in the methodical kind of planned out way that I ended up doing it. Yeah. And there's so much to being a coach. I'm hearing as you speak, that um, coaching is being an entrepreneur as well. You have to be a self-starter, run your own company, be innovative. There's no shortage of businesses out there that will hire someone like you because there's so much of a need to help organize structure and um, you know help with the things that come up in corporations, business organizations. So you can always go back to that. And at mm -hmm. the same time, you you built a good nest egg for yourself to be able to launch into this coaching career. Yeah, absolutely. I And that's a, what gives me kind of the confidence to take this leap and do something on my own is I, I know I have the skills and qualities to fall back on. Like when I first moved home, like in July, when I got back from my travels, I've been offered five job since I've been home. And that's yep. not to, to brag. It's just to show like I live in a really small community. A lot of people know me here. They know my skills and what I've worked on. And, and I know I can find a job that's really easy. So, um, but I don't want a job. I want a, a passionate career. I want to help people. And so coaching is the platform that for me, that's what I'm choosing to do. Yeah. And now I wanted us to jump into uh, some of the stigmas around coaching um, sure. Because I think you're obviously uniquely uh, fit to answer some of these questions. So this is like my rapid fire. I'm going to put Dante under the gun here. Got it. You right. ready? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so why not just hire a therapist or why not just get a really good mentor? Like why hire a life coach? Sure. I think there are definitely specific things that therapists can help you with. And I one of my clients, she's seeing a therapist and I'm working with her as well. And I think therapy is great, especially for people that have, you know, trauma, uh, abuse, neglect, um, you know, clinical depression. There's a lot, a lot of things that they can help you with. And therapy is a beautiful thing. And, and when in doubt, like start with therapy. That's what I would say. I think coaching for me, my experience is it's about uh, moving forward. So I don't necessarily have these uh, traumas from my past and what I worked with my coach on. Yeah, there's things that come up from the past because as a lot of the beliefs you have as, as people come from either your past or your own experiences, right? So your past definitely still comes up, but it's like, okay, this is what happened in the past. What do you need to believe? Who do you need to become to move forward in the future? And 
for me, coaching has always been very forward focused. It's like, you know, when I hired my life coach, okay, how are we going to get you out of this job? What do you need to do to be successful? I hired a fitness coach and I think coaching can be very specific and tailored. And uh, maybe that's another difference is, you know, there's fitness coaches, there's health coaches, there's relationship coaches, there's all sorts of coaches. Um, and I think why not a mentor? I think mentors are again, a great addition, but I think Mentors generally are, are downloading information. Like, here's all the things that worked for me. Uh, coaching is more about helping the other, the person on the other side see things in themselves they maybe didn't even know they were there and helping them figure out if that's something they want to work through and if so, how to do that. Whereas a coach, like I said, is more like, have you tried this? You should do this. This is what worked for me, blah, blah, blah. Coaching is like... Um, it's really getting... It's basically showing a person a mirror, showing them... Like, I don't know if you know this, but from what our conversation, here's what I've heard that you said about yourself or your experience in it. A lot of it's like mind blowing. Like, whoosh, I didn't even know I felt that way, you know? And then it's like, okay, now that we know you feel that way, like, is that something you you're ready to change? Is that something you want to change? Like, absolutely. Okay. Let's work through and how to do that. And mentorship is a great addition, but I think coaching also helps people become more self-reliant. Like you don't need a coach for your entire life. Like the point is to get to a place where you can rely on yourself more. One of my favorite speakers calls himself the last guru. Um, he says, because his goal is to show you that there isn't a guru. Um, he wants to be the last one. And um, I, I think that's so much, that's so helpful for empowering people and going back to uh, the other kind of major piece about a therapist, you would pay for therapy. And when I think of a therapist, I typically think of like, how do you feel? What are you mm -hmm. wrestling with? When I think of a coach, I think of like, how do we get a first down? How do we get a second? Or what do we do exactly. on second down? You know, yes. um, it's very action oriented. Like, you're not going to leave one of my sessions without some sort of assignment or task or you know, something to consider between this week and the next week. Yeah. And I think the other piece is that um, with, well, the therapist you're paying, a good mentor, you're actually not paying. Your good friends that know you really well, they bring value, but you're not paying them. Yes. So why should we pay a coach? And kind of tied into that is the coach, do they have the best life and why should we trust them? Okay. Yeah. Great questions. I was actually just having this conversation with my mom yesterday about paying for something. All of the major decisions I've made in my life, all the biggest successes I've had have come from me exchanging my money for information and then applying that information. So I've hired three coaches in my life, a life coach that I spoke about, a fitness coach. Uh, when I was abroad, it was a fitness program in Thailand. I was there for three months and, uh, totally changed my mindset around exercise and healthy eating. And then I currently have a business coach. So someone, a coach that helps people start coaching businesses. Um, and what I find, you know, they say like there has to be skin in the game and the more kind of that you're willing to invest yourself, the bigger that you show up. So a mentor is, you know, it's great, but like, okay, hey, we can't meet today. Okay, then you go two, three weeks without meeting. You go two, three months without meeting. Things kind of fall off. Whereas a coach is like, wow, I paid this person X money. I'm showing up and I'm showing up prepared because I don't want to waste my money or my time or their time or money, you know? Um, so for me personally, I 
almost, if it's a big life decision, I almost have to have that personal stake, that investment in myself to hold me accountable. It's, it's an accountability thing for me. And, um, and also I've learned that I, I'm worth it. It's so crazy how now there's um, investing in yourself. We don't talk so much about investing in yourself. And for a lot of people, the last time they invested in themselves was maybe university or college and they came out with a lot of debt and maybe it didn't necessarily pay off for them, the bottom line. And with coaching, it might be difficult to see you're going to get XYZ tangible uh, financial results from coaching. Uh, I can't put a price tag on all the things I've gotten from coaching, but it's completely transformed my life and why I believe in it and why I want to help other people. So that's to answer that question. And what was your second question about again? The, the stigma? Uh, does the life coach have to have oh. the best life and why should we trust them? Why should you trust them? Yeah, that's a great question too. Uh, do they have to have the best life? Absolutely not because we're all human being. We're all human beings. We're all imperfect. We're all working towards something. For me, what has worked for me in finding a coach is I've resonated with people who I feel are speaking directly to me. So I've, I followed this one coach on Instagram for a couple of weeks and followed her stories and her posts and was like, Whoa, she's, she's talking to me. Like, is she literally speaking to me? Am I the only, like, does she know me? And I don't even really know this person. And, um, it's a, I, don't, I can't explain it, but it's basically like a gut feeling, something in you, you just connect with that person. Um, does she have her whole life together? Absolutely not. But does she, is she successful in the thing that I need her to coach me on? Yes. She's running her own successful coaching business and I want help creating a business like hers. And that's what I hired her to do. Um, so I think it's goes back to what are you paying them to help you with? And do they have experience and knowledge in that way? Like I want to help people figure out what they're meant to do. Um, and I've been through the, you know, corporate struggle and I, I've broken free and, and maybe you're, maybe their ultimate goal isn't to break free from corporate, to, to find more fulfillment from corporate. And again, I have the tools and resources to help people with that. And I have the experience. So I would rely on definitely, um, just being a ju good judge of character. And if you get a feel for if that person has been through that experience or they have to have testimonials as well, that's really helpful. If they can, you know, if you're hiring a health coach and they have great before and after pictures and people are saying, yeah, I've transformed, I've lost weight, I'm stronger, I'm healthier, I'm happier. You know, that's a huge testament as to the success of that coach. I think a lot of people just, they miss the idea that hiring a coach will actually help you to find deeper meaning and fulfillment in your life, mm -hmm. even in your current situation. Correct. So hiring Absolutely. a coach is not about, um, well, I want to go do something totally different because the coach might help you actually figure out that, hey, you're in an amazing spot and you're mm -hmm. not seeing it right now. Absolutely. Or like in my experience, it, but that from the time I quit my first corporate job was five years ago and I'm just, you know, beginning a coaching business now. So it's, it's, you know, well, how do you find happiness in those five years? Like maybe, maybe ultimately, yeah, you, you do want to create something of your own or you have this big dream, but you know, you don't need to spend five years or 10 years or 20 years of your life unhappy waiting for that big dream. You know, maybe it isn't your time, but how do we make the most of this kind of meantime or this in-between period? You know, it's it's so awesome that you say that because when I think of coaching, if somebody pushed me and they said, why should you hire a life coach? I would simply respond with this, that 
life coaching expedites your ability to process whatever is happening in your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest things for me as I go through my life journey is when you meet people who are still talking about the same stuff that they were talking about 10 years ago. Absolutely. And it could be it could be a breakup, it could mm-hmm. be the loss of a job, it could be a, a relationship, you know, romantic or not. It could be uh, the you know politics. Literally, like just the you're hearing the same thing from them, and you realize you've totally changed, mm-hmm. um, and they're still re- basically rewind and replay the same stuff and. I am so thankful for life coaching because basically what would have taken you 10 years to process might only take a few months or a year or two years. So that's a huge benefit for sure is the expediency that life coaching can provide. And, you know, one example, and I don't think you'd mind me sharing, but my dad, he struggles with being a people pleaser and he's almost 70 years old. And, you know, growing up, moving here, you're focused on just survival. You know, you're not focused on how do I go from surviving to thriving? It's about just meeting your basic needs, you know? So now in his older age, you know, he's had the, he has the time and the money and the resources to now focus on, okay, but now I ha- how do I become the better version of myself? And sometimes he even looks at me like, wow, you, you've, ex- you've figured this out at such a younger age than I have. You know, I used to be a people pleaser and I mean, ultimately it's still in me. It's something I still work through and have to work towards, but coaching helped me overcome that is, you know, how to learn how to say no and how to learn to put your needs first. And that's not a selfish thing. And, um, and so I don't want to be 70 and still having those problems. And, uh, coaching has definitely allowed me to work through those things. Like you said, much faster. You have an awesome relationship with your dad, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. He's amazing. That's so cool. And the few times we've talked, uh, your dad pops up in the conversation. I think that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like your pops has also been super supportive of you becoming a coach. Absolutely. I think, well, to my face, yes. I think as a typical father, especially an Assyrian father, there's a lot of fear of me going out and doing my own thing. So I've heard from other people, my cousins, or like when I was traveling abroad for six months, I heard from other people how nervous he was for me and scared for me. But the amazing thing about him is he would never tell me that, you know, he would, he was always encouraging me. Of course he would say like, I'm afraid for you, but I'm proud of you. You're amazing. Like, you know, he's very encouraging, but I know behind the scenes, he can be very nervous about, you know, some of the bold and crazy decisions I've made. So, but I'm, I'm very blessed that I have his support. Yeah, that's that's another thing that life coaching could help with, whatever your relationship is with your parents or with your relatives and processing some of the stuff we've learned from our families that they love us, they care about us, they want what's best, but ultimately you have to make choices that are going to work for you. Um, and having a life coach helps you do that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I think... Uh... Again, especially as an Assyrian culture, it's very tribal. It's very close-knit, um, which is a beautiful, amazing thing. But then sometimes I would use that as a security blanket or a shield to protect me from 
uh, rejection or failure, you know, like before I left uh, Visalia and I sold everything and traveled, I, I literally told people, I can't leave Visalia. I can't leave my family. Like I have two nieces and a nephew that I'm absolutely obsessed with. And I, I literally said the words, I can't leave. And, you know, this is a very small town. There's not a lot of opportunity here for, um, for a lot of different things. It's a very small town and it's, it's a great community, but I definitely feel like for this stage of my life, I've kind of outgrown what it can do for me. And I had my cousin who's a Syrian, you know, that's what I love about Assyrians. They keep it real. Sometimes mm -hmm. it can be painful, but you always know where they stand. And, and she had a very real conversation for me with me about, you know, you're not happy there. And you, you know, those, those aren't your kids. Those are your nieces and nephew. And yeah, your family's amazing, but there's a lot of growth that can happen for you if you were to leave. And she was absolutely right. And between her, that conversation we had and me moving was like a month or two months before I sold everything. And again, I, I couldn't, I wasn't working with a coach in that moment, but that's the resources and tools I learned from coaching. I still use almost every day. We all have those people, especially in our families, our friendships that are going to come and maybe share that news that we don't want to hear but need to hear. Yes. Uh, but we don't have the other side of that of like, okay, thank you for making this point. That is, <laughs> I, I pretty much knew for myself mostly, but like some of us don't have the capacity or could really use the help of now let me figure out what are my next steps going to be. Uh, practically speaking. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, coaching can help you. Coaching, the point of coaching is to meet you where you are. So if you're just like, I don't know, I, I think I can do more and be better. I don't know in which ways, like they can help you figure that out. If you're like, okay, I know this isn't what I want, but I don't know what I do want. You know, they can help you with that as well. All right. So that's awesome time talking about all the stigmas of coaching. And I was hoping in this interview, um, we could take some time and just talk through some of the tips and tricks and practical uh, things that a coach would do for you. Absolutely. So 2020 has mm -hmm. been, uh, I would say it's been a disaster of a year for many of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, having to completely rearrange our life, our relationships. And there's, of course, there's been some blessings. Um, and I wanted to tackle with you, uh, how in preparation for 2021, how do we improve our mindset? Um, what, what would you help me with if I said, Hey, uh, Dante, I'm really struggling with feeling like I'm not reaching my full potential. Mm -hmm. Um, or I came to you and I said, I struggle with just being patient with life and with people around me, or, I'm noticing my personal wellness, like my health, my physical fitness is deteriorating. Or I came to you and I said, hey, Dante, I'm going nowhere in this job. I'm not happy there. I show up in the mornings and I wonder why I'm doing it. Tell me what we would then talk about. Okay. Well, I did want to touch on the fact that you said, what mindset do we need going into 2021? And I think that's so important because since March, everyone's been saying, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. I can't wait for 2020. Liz, when's 2021 coming, you know? And the crazy thing is the only difference between December 31st, 2020 
and January 1, 2021 is your mindset. Like COVID, nothing overnight is going to change, unfortunately, for COVID, right? From December 31st to January 1. The only thing that we have control over in this moment, unfortunately, is our mindset. So the person that um, we want to bring into 2021 is is definitely important. I, and I encourage people to spend time thinking about uh, what that would mean for them. Um, what's worked for me and what I would recommend for my clients, I mean, the kind of scenarios you mentioned are very different. So we can maybe dive deeper into individual scenarios, but I definitely feel that one of the biggest things, especially right now that people could do to improve their, their experience is uh, working on gratitude. That could look different for different people, but essentially if you start writing down, even if it's three things, even if it's five things, even if it's 10 things every day or try and do it most days, it's amazing how it literally rewires your brain to look for things to be grateful for. You know, it's so easy with the news and the media and social media about everything going on to focus on all the negative things. And there's a lot of negative things to focus on right now. Uh, It's harder to find the things to be grateful for. Uh, I mean, that could be your warm cup of coffee in the morning. That could be the fact that, you know, you've, you've been able to spend more time with your family now that you're working from home, whatever it is. But keeping that list every day, like in paper or even on your phone, in your notes, um, it's amazing the transformation you'll see when you're out and about you, you start looking for things cause you're like, Oh, I know I'm gonna have to write some things down. Like, what am I grateful for? And, and you start noticing the smallest things. So I would, I would definitely start there. As you were talking, I'm reminded how, if I'm scrolling through my social media or YouTube or Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. there's all these people out there that have videos like, uh, one person we've had on the show before is Patrick Bet David. He makes all kinds of videos on um, how to sort of improve your situation in life. Um, I also should mention we had a really awesome coach, uh, Edi, uh, another Assyrian. She's uh, really awesome with trauma and yeah. uh, one of the best I've seen when it comes to um, helping you process trauma. So there is there is a lot of people going back to like the Patrick Bet Davids who hear someone like him and we might even hear it from pastors. We might hear it from priests saying, Oh, we need to be, have more gratitude. You might even follow like some Instagram account that just reminds you to have more gratitude. But when I hear you talk, if you were my coach, I'm like, okay, I know a week from today, we're going to have a check-in and, and also you're helping me to process then. Absolutely. Well, and that's the important thing about, you know, I think uh, we previously we had talked about why are there, why is coaching like kind of blown up or become more popular in the last 10 years? And I think with the internet, there's so much information out there. There's TED Talks, there's YouTube, there's blogs, there's, um, there's just so much information overload. There's so many self-development books. And they actually started calling it shelf help instead of self-help because a lot of people, even if you are kind of in tune with this information and you're consuming this information, what are you doing with it? And they call it, you know, are you just putting it back on the shelf? Or are you actually applying what you learned? And that's another thing that coaching would help you do is, okay, well, you know, you've heard from 20 people that keeping a gratitude list is helpful. You, you've seen, you know, you've heard people say how much it's helped them, but have you created a gratitude list? You know, as a coach, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, in a week, like we're going to run through it, you know? And again, you have that money, you have that um, skin in the game, so to speak. So you're going to show up bigger for yourself. Like, okay, she's going to check. And I don't, you know, I'm spending money on this in my time and I definitely want to show up in a big way. 
having more gratitude is something you're like, hey, I know an instant fix for most people's struggles. And I don't mean to water it down by saying it that way, but it's one thing we don't think about enough in terms of improving our mindset. Yes. Yeah. No, I I mean, it's helped me personally and I've seen it help others as well. So it's, it's one small thing that you can start and it's very easy to start. Yeah. So again, going back to these themes of like, hey, I would like to reach my fullest potential or be more patient. And I know I'm not doing a good job of uh, going through these individually. I'm just throwing a bunch at you at once. But let's hear more about some of these ways of uh, rewiring your brain around these different areas. So you mentioned gratitude. What other ways in which like, would you help me to hit those goals that I have for myself? Sure. I think one of the most important things is helping people figure out their why. So a lot of us have goals. I want to lose weight. I want to be more patient. I want to, you know, get a promotion at work, but like, why do you want these things? And an exercise that I take my clients through is you ask why at least four times, you know, well, I want to lose weight. I want to be, okay, why? I want to be healthier. Why do you want to be healthier? Well, I just think it would improve the quality of my life. Why would it improve the quality of my life? Well, I think I would have more energy and be, you know, in a, in a better mood. Why would it, why do you want to be, in, have more energy and be in a better mood? Well, I want to show up for my kids and my family and, and have energy towards, you know, being a mom. Okay, well then there's your why. Because unfortunately as human beings, we run out of, motivation. So for example, like I've started working out consistently since I did this fitness retreat and it's been six months and I still have to talk myself into working out every day that I choose to work out. It's not like I wake up like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, you're going to do this because you know, it, it makes you feel better mentally and physically. You know, you know, I go through all of my whys and that's creating discipline and understanding your whys. And that's like, like I said, when the motivation runs out, you don't, you have other things to fall back on. And so I think that's the thing people forget to do when they're setting goals. And as a coach, you know, people could help you figure that out. And and what I love about that is you're helping people ground themselves. There's this passage in the scriptures that says, you know, don't be like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. What you're saying is one of the things that you do as a coach is you help people start with the undergirding motivators for their own life, the hidden assumptions and values that we have. Absolutely. And that's a key word is hidden. You know, a lot of times we don't even know our why. Like, well, of course, being healthier is good. People know that science, health, you know, longevity, all that stuff. But it has to matter to you. It has to be like you said, what's your grounding reason why you want that for your life? Because it's not easy. You know, change, change is difficult. And it's, you know, there's a saying that like, the only time people are ready to change is when staying the same is more uncomfortable than the change. That's how much we hate change as people, you know, we're just wired, unfortunately, that way. And so to create a positive lasting change is, it takes work, it takes energy and the right mindset. Absolutely. And it takes also seeing a better reality. And I think that is what the coaching provides. Um, So we've talked about gratitude. We've talked about understanding your why. I know you've also mentioned uh, the inner critic versus the inner mentor. Tell us about that. Sure. So we all have both. And 
we definitely hear and have a better relationship, unfortunately, with the inner critic. We hear up from them a lot more. Um, and that's just the inner monologue that anytime you want to go out and do something big with your life or, or make a change or go for that promotion, there's something in your mind saying, don't do it. You know, like you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not successful enough. Um, it, it's comparison in some ways. And our inner critics can can sound different depending on, you know, it looks different for every person. Your inner critic can be, you know, a parent or a supervisor from your past that was maybe overly critical or harsh and you've kind of accepted that language as your inner critic. Um, it's, and there's a, a exercise that I go through with clients about figuring out who their inner critic is, naming them, what do they look like, what do they sound like, and then working, working, um, beside them it's not necessarily something you're going to get rid of it's it's it comes from a place of ego and the fight or flight mechanism of you know back in the day you looked at a situation and you had to know am i going to fight or flight for survival and we don't necessarily need that anymore but it's still a part of us so it's not about getting rid of your inner critic it's about working through them and there's techniques and exercises you can do is you know naming them and saying like thanks but i've got this you know i understand you're trying to protect me but i've got this or you know physically like in your mind removing them from the room like okay thanks i've heard what you said but i'm going to move forward anyway so that's where the inner critic comes in and where a coach could help you work through some of the things that that inner critic is telling you. And that can come in the form of limiting beliefs. So your inner critic is going to say things like, uh, you shouldn't start this podcast because you've never started a podcast. You don't know what you're doing. And there's an exercise where you can go through, again, I do with my clients is, okay, their limiting beliefs is, I don't know how to start a podcast. And then you would say all the reasons why um, that's not true or the things that you can work through. Well, there's lots of YouTube videos. Well, I have a friend that started podcasts. I can contact him for guidance and help. Um, there's books. There's, you know, if I don't start, everyone has to start somewhere. Everyone has to have a first episode, you know, as painful or brutal as it's going to be, everyone has to record that first episode. So you work through those limiting beliefs. That's, that's the inner critic part. Um, the inner mentor is one that not everyone hears from as often. And that's something, and again, an exercise that I do with my clients is how you tap into your inner mentor. And it goes back to that piece of, I talked about self-reliance and you, like you mentioned, the last guru is we all deep down in our gut and our soul, maybe for you, if you're spiritual, religious, the Holy Spirit is like speaking to you in your gut. We all have access to that part of ourselves. It's just, there's a lot of noise usually surrounding it. And there's a visualization exercise you can do where essentially you're picturing the, a version of you 20 years in the future. Mm -hmm. And what is he or she like? Where, where, do, where do they live? What do they do for fun? What do they do for work? Um, and you go to them for guidance. You tap into them like, okay, I'm thinking about starting this podcast. So, you know, what would 20, 20 years into the future me say? It's like, yeah, go for it. You know you have what it takes and... If you feel that passion, that drive, you should really be doing something about it. That's your inner knowing telling you to, to go for it. Um, and so, again, it's just providing people with the tools and resources to see the difference and how to work, you know, work towards your inner mentor and work through your inner critic. Yeah. And to me, when you can help someone hear that inner critic yes. and also even hear the inner mentor, mm -hmm. you're already taking a step towards this awareness level, you know, there are so many people I could think of that mistreat 
other people and don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually their inner critic that is mistreating themselves and the people around them. Um, so your work becomes integral uh, to helping people just simply be more aware of who they are themselves. This uh, inner critic and inner mentor, one of the things I think is happening is pastors and priests and spiritual guides and um, in the past, we would have depended upon them to help us to reach uh, inner contentment, deeper meaning and uh, in our lives. But I'm not convinced many of our religious, pastoral, spiritual leaders, I don't think they have training in coaching. I don't think that they're able. And so what happens to people is they'll go to a religious institution, they'll go to a church or what, whatever their religious affiliation is. And over a number of years, they still won't find their direction in life. And that's a hard deal because the one thing you think you should be able to depend on, right, is God or and and this loving creator. But yet so many people are going to church. They're they're doing all the uh think not uh checkboxing all those things. But at the end of it, we're still finding like okay, but my job stinks. And no matter how many times I pray for my boss or I pray about what's going on, it's simply not making a difference. So what do you think we could speak on in that whole arena? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big, <laughs> big question. But I, well, Welcome um, to the Assyrian podcast. We'd love <laughs> to just go for it here. Okay, well, I'll just speak transparently and I hope to not offend people. But I think, okay, so when I started my travels last year and I was literally alone pretty much for the first three months of my travels, I, this, like this, this mantra kind of came to me and I definitely think it was like God speaking to me is, and it was everything I need is already within me. Um, and that's something I still continue to, that comes up. I've seen it, you know, on quotes on Instagram, it comes up a lot for me. So I definitely feel like that's resonated with me. And that's not to say I don't need God or a pastor or religion. And, um, you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I, I've come from that background and I understand the importance of it. Um, so all that to say, there's that parable where there's a man drowning in the middle of the ocean and, you know, someone on a little raft comes by like, oh my gosh, you're drowning. Like I can help you. I can help you. And the man says, it's okay. Like God's going to save me. It's okay. And so the the man on the raft goes on his way. And then, you know, a few hours later, another guy comes along on a, on a bigger boat and Hey, you're drowning. Like I can save you. I'm here to save you. No, no, no. God's going to save me. God's going to save me. And that happens a third time. Right. And he turns away a third, you know, rescuer and he dies, goes to heaven, asks God, uh, what happened? I thought you were going to save me. God's like, I sent you three, three people. (laughs) You chose to, you know, ignore them or turn them away. And so I think God doesn't live in like people or, or man or books or, you know, he does, but like, you have to also, he lives inside of you as well. And so he's given us people who have spiritual gifts. Like I believe it's my spiritual gift to be a coach. And so I, I don't always have something prepared or planned to say. I allow like God to speak through me. And um, 
And I want to encourage people again to like rely on themselves. Uh, I don't know if any of this is making sense. I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but. What I'm hearing from you is that you don't see your work going against or um, in opposition. You see it in tandem as sort of another tool that God would say, yeah, why not use this tool? It's important. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, they say, you know, prayer is asking and meditation is receiving. And a lot of people don't do the meditation part. Uh, it's not always easy. It's it's confusing. Um, and so we spend a lot of time asking God for things or even being thankful, which is a beautiful thing. But we don't spend a lot of time in quiet, just receiving direction or information or clarity from God. And so some people say like, well, meditation is like my grandma would probably say it's satanale. Like she would say say like don't do it mm -hmm. um and there is that there is that belief but I, I think if, if you're a religious or a spiritual person you can incorporate meditate uh god or your religion or your faith into your meditation it's like you know i'm sure there's even religious based meditations you can find on the internet like nowadays there's information everywhere so i i think it's a beautiful thing that you can absolutely incorporate but i do think sometimes we use it as an excuse not to go after things oh god's gonna god's got this he's gonna protect me it's like well he he is you know not, i think a lot of beautiful things in life are on the other side of fear and god does not remove fear from you um but he will give you tools and encouragement and guidance on how to work through that fear if, if you're willing to access them yeah and it, it's so interesting going back to what you said earlier about how or you have everything you need in, inside of you, there is sort of this, yes, that's true, but a part of that is knowing that we do need others um, to a degree. Absolutely. And it also got me thinking that all the world's religions, including Christianity, this there's a core idea of the divine is there for you or the divine is in you um, and you need to learn to access that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting because uh, even Jesus's ministry, he's finding the lowest of the low and saying to them, you know, the kingdom of heaven is in you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and really the leadership at that time, he, in many ways, he is saying, you don't need that. You don't, you can, you're going to be okay. And it's interesting though, because our current sort of church world in many ways is you really need us. You really need to come here on Sundays or whatever. And, and so I see coaching as a way in which people are also feeling like, Hey, yes, that is a good thing for me, but, but this other piece is missing, which is the piece you provide in terms of um, helping people process, helping people um, put tools, tips, ticks, uh, tactics into their life. Does that sound fair? What I, all that? Absolutely. Yeah, I know you said it better than than I was trying to say it. Uh, yeah, it can be used in complement and uh, complementary to faith or religion. Absolutely, and, and help you process. You know, how to apply some of those things too. Um, how do I love my neighbor when they're doing X, Y, Z? Well, let's work through that. You know, it's it just depends on people's situations. But it's a lot to digest, you know, and, and a coach, the right coach can help you do that. You know, for many of us in our Assyrian culture, we feel like we should be just fine by trusting our religious tradition or what, whatever. But 
just in hearing you talk and all the services that you provide, I'm realizing, you know, wouldn't it be great if if more of us were were adding to our spiritual lives, our growth by by taking it more seriously and adding this other element of personal accountability towards our own becoming who God, our creator, or even if you're someone who says, you know, you don't believe any of that, you Mm -hmm. still want to reach your full potential. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's faith and then there's spirituality. And I think they, for some people, they're two separate things, but I think for a lot of people, they're one in the same but we don't always access the spirituality piece. You know, I have my faith. I go to church. I read the Bible. I prayer. But your spirituality is: are you are you connected to those things? Are you mm-hmm. feeling a connection? Are you are you living out your truth? You know, if God's given you a spiritual gift, are you living that out? And like, if not, why? And how? What do you need to do to to get there? You know. Um, so I think they they like work very closely together. Yeah. You know, last thing I'm going to say on this piece is Mm -hmm. I do find it interesting how church attendance continues to decline, yet spiritual coaches, guides, mentors, and um, coaches is booming. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't very, I don't see very many new pastors or priests um, popping up on my social media field, but man, coaching is, is there such a need for it? Um, so good, good on you for, for supporting in that way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks. And I wanted to ask, like, let's talk money for a bit. So we, I know we mentioned it earlier, why should we pay for a life coach? And you talked about investing in yourself and everything is an investment um, in yourself. And, and I'm wondering, like, is it reasonable, Dante? Like, if I wanted a coach and I'm, I'm making 40 or 50 or $60,000 a year. And yet I know how important this is and I'm willing to make a sacrifice, but I can't be giving away all my money to someone who's going to help me be happier when having money is a part of uh, my own livelihood. Um, How can you tell us about that? Like financially, what's the risk? What's worth it? What's not worth it? All that stuff. Yeah, I think um, I think for the average maybe middle income person, I'm speaking to them in this like exact moment. You know, if you're struggling paycheck to paycheck, there's a lot of free resources and tools that you can and should be accessing. Like I've mentioned, TED Talks or YouTube's or you know you can check books out from your library. There's a lot of great books and a lot of coaches give away products for free. Ultimately, it's to help you know to get you to pay for their coaching, but you don't have to. You can just access the free pieces. But I think for the average person, that's like, yeah, it's a little tight. Um, you know, there's a saying that like, if you want to know what's important to somebody, look how they spend their time and their money. Because a lot of people say, I don't have time for coaching or I don't have money for coaching. Well, it's like, okay, what well, you've, you know, you've been grubhubbing like hardcore since COVID started or, <laughs> um, you know, like there's, there's, there's sacrifices we can make if it's important enough to you. And that's something that you would have to decide, you know, for yourself, um, but I think an investment in yourself is never a bad thing if, if you're investing wisely. Just like you wouldn't like go blindly into the stock market. You shouldn't go blindly into purchasing self-development help, whether it's a coach or a course, an online course or whatever it is. Um, and I would really access uh, the free resources they have. I would access you know, a free phone call with a coach. Like I mentioned, a lot of them have that. Um, any just... I, 
I mean, like I said, I followed a coach on Instagram for a few weeks, kind of stalking her before I decided like, wow, yeah, she would definitely be valuable to me. She would provide value to me. Um, and some coaches charge like on a week to week basis. Mine is like a three month program. So you would be committed to a three month program, but maybe you find one that's just week to week and you say, okay, this wasn't working for me. I'm going to try somebody else or try a different program. Um, I just think it's, it's interesting to me that as a culture, we are so quick to spend money on, you know, food and eating out and our cars, our homes, our clothes. But when it comes to investing in ourselves, it's something we're very hesitant to do. And I've just, again, if you make a, a smart investment, I just don't think you would ever regret that. You only live once. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you spend some cash on yourself to, to let more of your own beauty, your own character to allow that to shine? So thanks. Thanks for answering that. And I do want it for clarity, you will provide a free 30 minute sort of, if, if someone were to call, you'll talk to them about what you do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's in both of our best interests because, um, you know, I need to figure out what the client potential clients goals are. Maybe I'm not a good fit for them. Maybe they're not a good fit for me for whatever reason. So it's, absolutely in the best interest of both parties that you have a, I have for a three, um, a free 30 minute discovery call is what I call it to kind of figure out what you're looking for and see if the services that I offered can help. I would recommend whoever is listening to this, wherever you are. Um, and I'm not sure if you're listening to this in 2021 or 2022 or whenever, but since Dante's just now starting out, I would say call as soon as possible because knowing you and just having this time with you and seeing all the things you're doing, it's only your availability is going to go less and less probably in, in the very near future. Um, so that's my plug for you, Dante. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. As I grow my business, it's, um, you know, my, my price will increase as I gain and invest in myself and grow my skills as well. So um, yeah, go, getting somebody early on is is definitely beneficial. My first life coach, she had just started as well and I got a, a great rate. So <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I'm hopeful that people in the Assyrian nation or whoever is listening to this episode, they're recognizing that, yeah, I should get someone who's going to help me, help me be my best self, share that love of that's inside of me with the rest of the world by owning my own life and, and uh, improving. So thank you for taking the last, it feels like it's been 15 minutes. I have so much more, but um, yeah. <laughs> you're awesome to talk to. And thank you. Um, one question we ask everybody who's on the podcast is if you could say one thing to all the Assyrian people who are listening to the Assyrian podcast, what would you say to them? I would say, do it afraid. Everything amazing and beautiful in this life, at least in my experience, has been on the other side of fear. And I don't know of a way to remove fear, but I've learned how to work through that fear. And I've seen the beauty that lies on the other side. And I would just encourage people to figure out what that means for them. Like if, if you have a fear associated with doing something because it seems scary or too big or you're not ready take the action, move closer, even if it's a baby step, um, invest in yourself and do things afraid.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Assyrian Podcast. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Dante as much as I did, and I hope you'll take some action, think about what could be some good next steps, or share this episode with a friend. Don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to the podcast. We wish you a wonderful 2021, and we look forward to coming back with amazing stories next year. Have a wonderful and hopeful new year, everyone.